0: It's good to be here again. I just keep pinching myself. God's so good. Uh, great things are in store. I hope you truly believe that. Uh, got a little bit cool yesterday. Fall weather. I, I love the fall. Uh, fall and spring, probably more fall than spring, are my two favorite seasons. Fall's probably my favorite season because you know me. It's football season, so uh, I, I love everything about fall. I love the weather. I love football. I love a good bowl of chili. You know that more than pumpkin pumpkin spice lattes. You know that's not fall. You know it, it's chili. Yes, Kelly, pumpkin spice something. You know, pumpkin rolls now from the uh, <laughs> Taste Like Home. There you go. Uh, when you when you turn to fall. It kills me how, how Walmart and Dollar General and all these stores, you know, they want to get a head start on everything, right? I mean, there's Christmas decorations out at most of those places now, and they had the Halloween stuff out like weeks and weeks ago, you know, and, and you got these whole aisles of stuff. I got tickled. I was, I was walking into Walmart and uh, I got a beep on my phone and uh, it was from one of the mothers of two of my football players and, and she said just want you to know that these goofballs miss you And they were standing in the aisle at Walmart and had, like, these crazy-looking masks on, you know, and they wanted, hey, send that to Coach, you know, whatever. They didn't know that I was walking into Walmart, so I walked into Walmart and found a big fireman's hat and something else, and I sent them one of these back, you know, or whatever, so tell them I miss them too. Uh, Kelly really loves Halloween. Uh, you know, it, it was a big deal in her family growing up. It wasn't so much in my my family. We didn't do a whole lot. I remember every once in a while we'd get, you know, the little cheap mask that that that, that came in a box. Anybody remember the ones that came in a box? Nice Scooby Doo one here. You know, I, I I could even do the voice if I want. No, I'm not going to. Okay. You never know what I'm going to do in a sermon. I, I know sometimes that's why y'all come just to see what's going to happen, but uh, uh, you know. But Kelly loved it. Some of y'all might remember because we came to your house. Now it, we we couldn't go to Walmart if they even if they had the little costumes and buy them, you know. She had to make them, you know. And she did a great job, but the only problem was that she put them together with hot glue. I'd hear her in there fussing about every few seconds. Oh, she'd say, because she'd burn her fingers or whatever. I'm surprised she didn't come out like this with all her fingers stuck together. You know, you know. One year there was the Wizard of Oz. You know, I think I think that uh, Austin was the Tin Man, Eli was the was the Scarecrow. And, and little Seth was the lion. We passed that line costume down forever because Cully thought to herself, I burnt myself 72 times making that costume, so some kid's going to wear it. You know, they're about 14 years old trying to squeeze into that. No, I'm just kidding. And, 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 and we'd come to your houses, you know, and knock on the door. I'll never forget going to Albert Niola's. And I got, I got the cutest picture of Albert with a little bitty cowboy hat on and a six-gun shooter on, on, that we took on Halloween, you know. It, it was, I got pictures of our kids with your kids. And, and, and uh, well, they're not kids anymore. They, they have kids of their own, some of them. But it, it was uh, a fun memories. And, and, and as I walk around town and as I, I, I come to your homes, I remember a lot of those things. (laughs) I've always not been as into that holiday as others. Now, don't get me wrong. I like the candy. Remember, 10% tax on all almond joys go to the pastor. Children, whatever you get in the neighborhood, 10%, bring it to the... No, I'm kidding. You wouldn't know I was a diabetic from the way I'd say that. Uh... I just kind of have an issue because I don't do scary. Some people like scary movies. I don't understand those people. I think something's wrong with them. You know, you you, you, you get TV now, now everything's streaming, you know, and, and so you, you open up Hulu or Tubu or Hoodoo or whatever it is you're going to watch TV on, and then they, they start listing all these things. Well, and, uh, suggested for you. Well, it better not suggest any thing for me like, you know, the exorcist or the conjuring one or two or three or four or Saul 14. or that. I don't want to see that. And, and, and I'm, I'm not going to preach this sermon, but I am going to give you a little word of advice from a pastor. Don't let your kids watch that junk. Man, we had one poor, and this is not being recorded anywhere I think that they would see it, but we had one kid in one of our churches. Every time I pulled out Cisco the mouse as a puppet or one of those other puppets, he'd go screaming and run to the other room. I'm like, what is wrong with this child? He's scared of Cisco the mouse. But then I come to find out that, that his mama, she's putting on Facebook and everything else, that, sitting with the family watching, uh, you know, Chucky and this one and that one. Well, ain't no wonder the poor little thing scared to death. I mean, for me, anybody ever heard of the ghost and Mr. Chicken with Don Knotts? That's just about as scary as I want to get. I don't want to go any further than that. And and one of the reasons why I don't like that stuff, because it begins dealing with stuff that is real. It starts to deal with possession and, and demon possession. I don't want to see that. I don't want to have that playing on my television in my home. I don't want, I don't even want commercials coming across my Facebook feed about that thing. I just like, nope, block it. Don't want to see it no more. Because we don't need that stuff in our lives because it's real. Now, I think people could take it a little bit too far. I've seen people where the car wouldn't start in the morning, they get out there and try to cast out demons out of their car. Ain't no demon in your car. You just forgot to put, you know, change your spark plugs or something. People, some people see one behind every tree. But I want to be, be very careful about what we allow into our lives. Now, the Bible has some stories that are kind of out there. They have some stories that, 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 that kind of sound like a story you'd tell around Halloween, maybe setting at the fire, you know. But, but these are real stories about real people that were dealing with real problems. And so I want to share a couple of those stories with you this morning. We find the first one in Mark chapter 5. Mark chapter 5. Now, as I read these stories, I want to remind you. Now, I, I've preached this before because this is one of my favorite passages of Scripture. And, and, and this the Lord gave me a concept a long time ago that really helped me. Miss Debbie can tell you the exact date that I preached it. She has to get her old Bible, not her new Bible. But if you want to know when I preached it, I, I kind of doubt that any of you remember anything I said 18 years ago. But I want you to hear this. It says, They went across the lake to the region of the Gerasenes. When Jesus got out of the boat, a man with an evil spirit came from the tombs to meet him. This man lived in the tombs. Location, 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 I guess. And no one could bind him anymore, not even with a chain. For he had often been chained hand and foot, but he tore the chains apart and broke the irons to his feet. No one was strong enough to subdue him. Night and day among the tombs and in the hills he would cry out and cut himself with stones. When he saw Jesus from a distance... He ran and fell on his knees in front of him. He shouted at the top of his voice, What do you want with me, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? Swear to God that you won't torture me. For Jesus had said to him, Come out of this man, you evil spirit. Then Jesus asked him, What is your name? My name is Legion, he replied, for we are many. And he begged Jesus again and again not to send him out of the area. A large herd of pigs was feeding on the nearby hillside. The demons begged Jesus, send us into the pigs, allow us to go into them. He gave them permission and the evil spirits came out and went into the pigs. The herd, about 2,000 in number, rushed down the steep bank into the lake and were drowned. Think about all that wasted bacon. All right, now. Let's go to Mark chapter 9. Mark chapter 9. Another story. A man in the... This is verse 17. A man in the crowd answered, Teacher, I brought you my son who is possessed by a spirit. Look at somebody next to you say, Possessed by a spirit that has robbed him of speech. Whenever it seizes him, it throws him to the ground. He foams at the mouth, gnashes his teeth, and becomes rigid. I asked your disciples to drive out the spirit, but they could not. Oh, unbelieving generation, Jesus replied, How long shall I stay with you? How long shall I put up with you? Bring the boy to me. So they brought him. When the spirit saw Jesus, it immediately threw the boy into a convulsion. He fell to the ground and rolled around foaming at the mouth. Jesus asked the boy's father, how long has he been like this? From childhood, he answered. It's often thrown him into the fire, bless his heart, or into the water to try to kill him. But if you can do anything, take pity on us and help us. Can you imagine the desperation that father had? When something's wrong with your babies, you you do whatever it takes to take care of them. Can you imagine the, the the fear, the frustration, the worry that this daddy had for his boy? If you can, said Jesus. If you can? Huh, love that. Listen to that. The man said, but if you can? I don't think I ever even noticed this. Jesus said with a question mark, if you can? <laughs> well, here's a word. Some of you are are wondering, man, if Jesus just could, right? If Jesus could take care of it. Jesus could fix it. Jesus could make it better. Jesus could turn my life around. And Jesus is just like, (laughs) if I can. Everything is possible for him who believes. That's words written in red. Hear it. It's not the preacher's words. It's Jesus' words. Everything is possible for him who believes. There's no addiction that can't be broken. There's no family that can't be restored. There's no, there, there's no that old somebody we prayed for for years to come to church and they ain't never about to, you know, you know, you think the ceiling would fall down if they walked in the door. Listen! everything is possible for him who believes says Jesus immediately the boy's father exclaimed I do believe help me overcome my unbelief that's where a lot of us are at right I believe he can Yeah, but I've been living with him for a long time I believe he will but you know there's a lot of things that have to happen before listen I believe, help my unbelieve. I believe you can heal my son, Jesus, but, but, but man, I, I've dealt with him a long time. I was talking as that guy, not me, just so y'all know, even though it's the truth. When Jesus saw that a crowd was running to the scene, he rebuked the evil spirit. You deaf and mute spirit, Jesus said, I command you come out of him and never enter him again. The spirit shrieked, convulsed him violently, and he came out. And the boy looked so much like a corpse that they said, he's dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him to his feet, and he stood up. And after Jesus had gone indoors, his disciples asked him privately, why couldn't we drive it out? I'm going to leave that right there. You get the main part of the story. Jesus set the boy free. Now, these passages of Scripture have helped me to understand something that is a key component to our doctrine in the Church of the Nazarene. Something that makes us different than a lot of other churches that our friends may go to and they ask you, what's unique or peculiar about the Church of the Nazarene? Now, how, Brother Jamie, are you going to tell me that reading these stories about being possessed by evil spirits is going to help you to understand what sanctification is. You see, when I was a boy and a teenager and even a young adult and sometimes even a young pastor, I I, I, I struggled with sanctification. I struggled with holiness because they use words like perfection, Christian perfection. That scared me to death, Rick. Because I knew myself, I knew I wasn't perfect. Probably was never going to be perfect, right? Why are you all shaking your head? You didn't think I could be perfect? I, I, could, I couldn't do that. I couldn't live up to that. So I'd go to church camp and I'd go to Breakaway and I'd go to TNT and I'd go to NYC and I'd go all these places and I'd hear some of the very best speakers and preachers that, that, that could talk on the subject of sanctification or being filled with the Spirit or... Christian perfection and holiness and all those things. and Boy, I think I'd get it. I'd sit somewhere like this and listen to somebody like Brother Bobby Hoots. Man, he could preach. I could listen to him for two hours. And he he, he would have you laughing one minute, crying one minute, and hit you with truth the next minute. And I pray that God helps me to be that kind of preacher. I want to have fun when we're in church, but I want us to learn and grow and become what God wants us to be. But I'd listen to Brother Bobby Hoots and, you know, he'd talk about giving everything to God, right? I remember one sermon, there's an evangelist, it may have been him, I think it was somebody else, but, but he said he took his wallet out, laid his wallet on the altar. So you got to put your wallet on the altar. You know, all, every, all my money, everything I've got's yours, God. Then he had his kids come up and sit on the altar. You got to put your family on the altar, right? Man, there's sometimes, some of us, boy, I, I put them there you know, but it's kind of like when they little, boy, you put your kids somewhere, you turn around and they're up there with a the preacher, right? You got to go get them and bring them back, right? And, and sometimes we put our kids on the altar and dedicate our children to God and, and man, they, they they get a long way away from where they're supposed to be and then you try to get them and draw them back, keep them on the altar and whatever happens, Lord, I'm just going to keep speaking Jesus over them, I'm going to keep loving them and whatever, I, I can't worry and fret and, and 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 all those things, Lord, they're yours, I just put them on the altar, And he'd go on. I remember one time he was pre- this guy was preaching that message. He asked for my mama's purse, and I was like, "Buddy, you don't know what you're getting into." You know, she she used to have them big old purses. You know, it's just you could do curls with it or whatever. And he called that purse the unknown bundle. Boy, was he ever right! He said, I don't know what's in there. It'd kind of scare me if I did know what was in there. And sometimes we're willing to give God everything except the unknown. But we've got to take that and we've got to put that on the altar, right? So I heard great sermons like that. And I'd go to church camp, Noah. And man, I'd go fall over the altar. I'd squall, I'd cry. And I think I'd give God everything. I've told you before, I'd go home and I'd get out my Beastie Boys tape that I loved to listen to because the beat was really good and made my speakers make the mirrors rattle and people could hear me coming down the road. I took that Beastie Boys tape and I threw it away. And About two weeks later, I'd be at Walmart buying another Beastie Boys tape. You know, I think I would get it, Right? If only I could possess it. James, you've been around the church in Nazarene a long time now. You've heard sermons. We think we could get it, right? If we could just get it. If we could just possess it. If we could just grab a hold of it. But it's kind of like that brass ring that you can never get, right? If only I could possess it. But then one day at church, at the Sparta Church of the Nazarene, not while I was a pastor, but but while I was an intern for the summer in 1993, Kelly was up in Canada on a mission trip at beautiful Peggy's Cove and all these beautiful places. And I was living in Brother Howard and Evelyn's basement, surrounded by boxes and cobwebs. And I was working with the teenagers. And this missionary came in. It was Faith Promise Sunday. His name was Dr. Fred Huff. Dr. Huff has been a district superintendent. He served in different areas of our church. But he came and he spoke to us. And he wanted to speak to the teenagers. So I was like, sure you can speak to the teenagers. That means I ain't got to get a lesson ready. So he came and for Sunday school hour spoke to the teenagers. And he brought a... a a video with you, And he put the video in into the VCR player. Anybody know what that is? Uh, if you have one, I got some veggie tales I can't play on anything else. So, But he took that and he put it in. And all of a sudden we realized that what we were watching was a church service from Africa. But something strange began to happen. There was a young girl there And I forget the exact story, but I believe she was the daughter of a witch doctor in that town, village. She had an unclean spirit. And man, she began to writhe around and they were trying to pray for her. She was saying things. that didn't sound like it was her that was saying it. Big old strong men. She was like pushing them off. They just kept praying and they kept praying. They kept praying. And you watched as there was a beautiful transformation. And that young lady was set free. And it hit me. It hit me. Whenever that preacher would get up and begin to preach a message and he talked about being filled with the Spirit, that would mean something different to those people. Whenever he would preach a message about having God's Holy Spirit come and live in your life and your heart, that would mean something completely different to somebody that had experienced what they experienced. Oh, it scared me to death. I was about ready to run out of that Sunday school room. I didn't want, you know. Remember, I only, like, Don Knotts, Ghost of Mr. Chicken. But it was real. And for those people, you know, we talk about the Holy Ghost, but when we think about a ghost, we think about Casper. Or little white sheets that are tied up in people's yards in Somersville. Somebody's really festive going out towards Allendale to the right. Some people decorate more for Halloween than they do Christmas anymore. That's okay. If your house is like that, I ain't preaching at you. But our concept of what the Spirit is, the concept of what the Spirit does is different than somebody that would have experienced that. And so, Miss Debbie, it hit me like a ton of bricks. All my life, I've been trying to get something. All my life, I've been trying to possess something. I thought if I could get a hold of that super pill, I could be a super Christian. If I went down there and prayed at the altar and emptied out my pockets and put the unknown bundle there and this, that, and the other, all those different things, if I'd have done that and just got it, I'd be okay. But then I'd be two weeks later struggling again. Well, I guess I didn't get it. Kind of Kind of kind of sound you, you remember the commercial with, with, with the old guy fishing with a dollar bill oh you just missed it you know <laughs> got to be a little quicker than that <laughs> you see I realized and I want you to hear me the sanctification and becoming the complete man or woman of God that he intended for you to be is not about you getting anything. It is not about you possessing something. It is about allowing the Holy Spirit of God himself to possess your life. It ain't about getting anything. It's not even about you getting him. It's about him getting you. It's about Him possessing every single part of you, not holding nothing back, no part, no, no little corner, this, that, or the other. You, God, come and have take complete possession of my life. And when we begin to look at it that way, things are a little bit different. Now, I know this is probably the craziest message you've ever heard on sanctification before, except I did preach it probably 18 years ago, and you probably don't remember. Let me ask you a question. If unclean spirits possessed people and it changed their life, how much more, Brother Rick, if the Holy Spirit of God Himself filled us and possessed us and took over? would it change our lives so there's a few little points I want to talk about this morning first of all a possessed person is not in control of what he does where he goes what he says or what she does where she goes or what she says a possessed person in scripture as we read about them, they are not in control. Who's in control? The spirit that lives within them is in control. Do you think that legion wanted to live in the tombs? Said he lived in the tombs and ran around naked. They'd bind him with chains and he couldn't be bound. You know, do do, do you think that he was trying to pick out a place to live and Oh, you know what? I think I'll go hang out in that cave down by the graveyard. No! I imagine, I, I can envision, sometimes I like to write stories and think about things from a different perspective. I, I could almost see some young boys from town sneaking, trying to get a peek at him. There he is. Watch out! He's loose! Do you think he wanted to live that way? Do you think he didn't want to be with his family? Do you think he didn't want to hug his children? Do you think he wanted to get to that spot? Of course not. But he wasn't in control. It was that unclean spirit that was in him that made him live in the tombs. It was that unclean spirit that was in him that made him suffer. It was that unclean spirit that was in him that had control. Do you think that poor little old boy that's daddy brought him to Jesus? Do you think he wanted to throw himself in the fire? Do you think he wanted to throw himself in the water? Absolutely not. But he wasn't in control. It was that spirit that was in him that was in control. You think that little girl that was on the video from Africa... Wanted to act the way she did and go through the things she did? Of course not. But she was tormented by an evil spirit that was in her that was causing her to do things that she, it would probably embarrass her to know the things that she did. How much more? Listen to me. How much more? If we're filled with the Holy Spirit of God Himself. How much more? I love a contemporary Christian song that says, The same power that rose Jesus from the grave. Mm the same power that commanded demons to flee, the same power that was at work in God when He formed this world and, 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 and the skies, the moon, the stars and everything that we know and experience, the same power, God power, Denimai power, God's power, the same power that works in Him can live in us. Amen. Right. Jesus Himself said, He said, I've been with you. But he's going to be in you. I love him I'm getting some feedback back there. I like it. How much more? See, we wouldn't be in control anymore, Stephen. We go where he wants us to go. We say what he wants us to say. You see, when the Holy Spirit of God, Noah, gets in your heart and possesses you. Sometimes when I'm up here preaching, and Lord, I, I believe God's got a call in your life, and I'm going to help you as you fulfill that call. But sometimes when you're up there, you'll find yourself saying stuff you never can even imagine. Because you ain't saying what you want to say. You're saying what He wants to say. Right? Because you're not controlled by Noah anymore. You're controlled by the Holy Spirit of God. We say what He wants us to say. This is a hard one. Listen to me. But I really struggle with this one we respond the way that he wants us to respond. Because in in Jamie's flesh, there's a lot of times, I just want to bop somebody in the head. But when those situations come, and it's frustrating, and it's hard, and it's aggravating, guess what? We don't respond like we used to. Because of Jesus. Because the Holy Spirit you know, you know, in quizzing, we we, have to, we we have to identify, you know, when you say, Lord, do you mean God or do you mean Jesus? Are we talking about the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit could mean God. Here's the ball right here. We played a little soccer. Uh-oh, I kicked it too far. I just really didn't want to bend over, but there you go, baby girl. Listen. Folks, and I'm going to tell you again, that stuff doesn't bother me at all. We need more babies in here, okay? Let's invite people with babies and children. It ain't going to stop me, I guarantee you. Listen, we respond like he wants us to respond. His priorities become our priorities. His plans become our plans. Now we're playing a game. Uh, we, We find ourselves forgiving people. Now, I can't forgive you. Ronnie, there's people who say things that hurt us. Can I tell you there were things that were said to me when I was 12 years old that I held on to for years. And it's hard to forgive people when they hurt you. And what's really bad is sometimes that happens within the walls of this church. Uh Uh-oh, preacher. Well, they just got hurt. You know how many times I hear that? we're full of the Spirit, we'll find ourselves one, giving forgiveness but we'll also find ourselves asking for forgiveness. I can't imagine me. Well, that's hard for me to say I'm sorry. <laughs> really? You never know what she's going to say either. I guess it's only fair because I do talk about her from the pulpit a whole lot. I got two of my boys here. I Have four red headed boys. I'm really jealous of Austin's hair. I told him today I hope he keeps it till he's ninety. But with the little boys especially, and and you guys too. When they get in trouble, I said, Tell your brother you're sorry. Right? Y'all remember that? Tresina, did you ever have to tell your brother you were sorry? And it probably went something like this sorry. Yeah. Right? Man, that's hard. That is hard. There may be, there There still may be some things you need to tell him you're sorry for. And there's probably a whole list of things he needs to tell you he's sorry for. Rick and Pam knows it's true. They're up here, man. They, they've they never agreed with anything more than a sermon has ever been <laughs> preached. You know. I'm sorry. That's hard, Bo. It's really hard. It's hard to forgiveness and it's hard to forgive other people or to ask for forgiveness. That's hard. But you know what? When you're not in control but the Holy Spirit's in control you'll find yourself in those situations and that person that you go to and ask for forgiveness you'll be like, what in the world happened to them? (laughs) Something's different. Right? Lily's got some things she's needing Somebody to ask forgiveness from her or something. I don't know. That's all right, girl. God's working. You see, God is love. And if you're filled with God's spirit, his nature's going to come out of you. You're going to love. Before you judge, you're going to love. Before you get mad, you're going to love before you bop them in the head, you're going to pray for them. And after you pray for a while and it doesn't change, then you... No, I'm just kidding. Then you pray for forgiveness. No, that's not the way it works. You see, He's holy. And if His Spirit lives in you, guess what? You're going to be holy. You say, I can't be holy. You're right. You can't. But if you allow God to be in control, that's where I'm at folks I want you to know that I ain't coming here with all the answers I got everything fixed this that or the other as I'm walking around this church praying for you you better believe I'm praying for me too man that's just the first point man I'm, I'm gonna go quicker a possessed person is not in control you got that if you're taking notes write that down second point a possessed person is a powerful person A possessed person is a powerful person. That little girl in that video that we saw from Africa, I mean, she's tiny. Little video thing. And she was throwing those men around like they were nothing. I'd love to have her on my offensive line, you know, or something. I mean, she she was moving them dudes. Power. Sometimes, you, you ever eat... You know, stay eat pizza so you can't sleep. You stay up late, and you're like scrolling, trying to find a movie or something. And you know, there's some stupid B movie on there that maybe a little scary. One that the preacher wouldn't watch, you know, or see a clip of something where somebody's, you know, possessed or you know, they use the same things happen. Their eyes turn different colors, and you know, kind of like the Hulk. You know, I know he wasn't possessed; it was an accident. And what I don't know, whatever. I'm not real good with sci fi, guys. I love all of you who are. And I'll even maybe watch some with you on my little TV over the house. But, um, blessed kind of thought. But, listen to me. You're up and you're watching that. And you see this person that, that represents somebody that's possessed. What are, the, what are they doing? It's like this fit of rage, right? They're like throwing cars. You know oh throw the car or come through the roof and you know but but it even said in the scripture that we read what did it say about legion it said, it said that he, he broke the chains he, he couldn't keep chains on his feet you know why because a possessed person was a powerful person right all right now i i, I am I'm, I'm going to give you an illustration uh, that some of you may understand now i've already talked last you weren't here i bragged on you james I, I, I talked about our, our game where you had seven three-pointers and I had seven three-pointers, and we still lost by 30 points. You know. But but our games would pale compared to a guy. Uh, some of you might remember this name, Jody Meeks. Anybody remember Jody Meeks? 54 points against the Tennessee Volunteers. Everything he threw up was going in. I mean, he, it seemed like he was like, You know, some of you have played sports. The basket, gets about that big. And he's just throwing them in one right after another, right after another. Or when Michael Jordan dropped 55 points on the Knicks or scored 63 points. Or Kobe Bryant uh, scored 81 points in a basketball game. If you watch that, you might say something like this. He is playing like a man possessed. Me and Ronnie might go golfing. We might go down here to the golf course. I, I'm going to pray for his shoulder. I don't want him to have any excuses. <laughs> we might start off on the first hole, and he's a drive up the first hole, nice little pitching wedge down on the green, makes a birdie putt. We go to the second par five. I'll be if he doesn't hit a great drive, a great second, has a putt for eagle, makes an eagle. Ronnie's like, that sounds good to me, brother. All right. Well, number three, cuts the corner, goes over the trees, lands it right in front of the green, chips it up on the green, makes another birdie. He looks and says, where are you going? I say, I'm going to the house. No, I'm just kidding. I wouldn't do that to you, Ronnie. I'd be there as a witness to your good game. And I know you'd probably double bogey the last three holes. so it'd be all right. But at that moment, I would probably say something like this. Ronnie Foley is playing golf like a man possessed. Right? But Ronnie, a possessed person is a powerful person. How much more if we're possessed by the holy spirit of god jesus told his disciples on one occasion while he was eating with them not to leave jerusalem but wait for the gift that the father promised which he had heard him speak about then in acts chapter 1 verse 8 he says but you will receive what power there's some quizzers in here you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and then you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and all of Samaria and even to the ends of the earth you didn't think that those those disciples when they went into that upper room didn't want to be witnesses they didn't want to be uh, used by God they didn't want to be those fishermen that we were called to be last week they didn't want to, 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 to say something that would lead somebody to a relationship with Jesus of course they did when Peter stood in front of, the, in front of Jesus and said even if I have to die I'll never leave you I'll never forsake you he meant every single word that he said he just was not powerful enough to follow through on his promise but when we receive power when we're possessed by the Holy Spirit of God then we receive a power that is not our own and we are not operating within our own power we're operating in his power and then a man that couldn't say that he knew Jesus in front of a 12 year old girl that did Denied Jesus three times, that heard the rooster crow, and he went out and he wept bitterly, just like many of us weep bitterly when we think about how much we failed him or how much we've let him down. We really wanted to do right, we just couldn't do it. Why? Because we didn't have the power, but he received the power because when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, the sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. And all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And you can get into that, well, they spoke in tongues. Listen, there were people there from every country under the world. And they spoke in such a powerful way that they heard them speaking in their own native language. The miracle of the day of Pentecost wasn't some special prayer language the miracle on the day of Pentecost was that the message got out and the fact of the matter is if we were very honest for a long time this church has been here since 1957 is when the church was built is that right did I see the sign out there whenever it was it's been here a long time but over the decades and decades that this church has been there there's been times that we weren't speaking the language that the people could understand but when we're filled with the spirit Right? Christina, they speak a whole other language in the halls where you work. Sometimes they get written up for speaking that language, right? They speak a whole other language on them sidelines where I spend a lot of my time. I hope I get to do it here. Help me pray. I'm meeting with them this week. Put in a good word for me. You know? Hey, this guy's all right. I already seen him film. I seen the best film I had, so he think I was a pretty good coach. But listen... How to speak their language. Down there in the youth room, down there in children's church, at the factory, at the ball fields. You see, God can do such a work in us, and His power for a possessed person is a powerful person. Guys, I want to desperately make a difference for Jesus. I'll just be honest with you. I want to win all of Greene County for Jesus. I want to go to the mission fields of Taylor County, the mission fields of LaRue County. Can I just tell you that I really believe that there's going to be a group of us somewhere in the future working, even outside of our country, on mission for him. I don't know what that looks like. I don't. But listen, wherever he says to go, Jerusalem, Judea, all of Samaria and even to the end of the earth some of the skills that God's given some of you guys we may be building buildings we may be doing Bible schools I, I, I don't know maybe I need a little black top down there in South America somewhere Boy, I bet that'd be hot listen a possessed person is a powerful person Point number two. How much more? How much more? He'll give us the power to love people that are hard to love. The power to serve people. The power to forgive. The power to be used. But we're just so weak. Listen, you too can have that power. I want to live like a man possessed. I want to love like God loves. I want to serve like God served. I want to forgive like He forgave. I want to respond. I want to preach. Whoa, whoa, whoa. This is so special. To me. This is what God's called me to do. He's called me to love, to lead, and He's called me to preach. It's part, part of it. but I don't want to do this in my own strength. I want to be filled with his spirit i want it to be evident No, if god's called you to preach don't try to do it on your own man may it be evident that you're full of god's spirit he'll give you the power power to lead whatever this church can i tell you this whatever this church ends up looking like in five years is okay whatever it looks like in 10 years it, it, it's okay I, i'm all right with it I'm not coming in here and saying, you know, we need to knock these walls out or we need to have 200 people in this service and 150 people in another service. Can that happen? Absolutely. But whatever God wants it to look like, that's what I want. Whatever He wants it to sound like, whatever whatever, ministries. But in order for that to happen, we need to be powerful people. In order to be powerful people, we need to be possessed people. But then I also want you to know and this is the last point is that you're going to be possessed by something. You're going to be possessed by something. Now we're going to go to Galatians. That's going to be very familiar to some of you. Number two quizzers at KIT. Makes an old quiz coach proud. I'd help you but I don't mess anything up. Galatians chapter 5, verse 16. So I say, live by the Spirit. That's what we're talking about. And you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. For the sinful nature desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the sinful nature. They are in conflict with each other, and you do not do what you want to do. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. The acts of the sinful nature are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discourse, jealousy, fits of rage. Some of y'all, we begin reading that list. I've often read it and it's like, well, you know, I'm good. I don't have any issues with witchcraft, you know. I really don't have fits of rage. I mean, my husband knows when I'm mad or my wife knows when I'm mad, but I I don't go off the handle. It's been a long time for some of you since debauchery's been an issue. You don't party like you used to. There's some of them that are pretty easy. Then we keep reading. Dissensions. Uh Uh-oh. Don't go to meddling, Preacher strife, and fighting with each other, causing issue. Some people just love drama. They, they just love to get right in the middle of drama. Guys, that's the act of a sinful nature. It, it, it's not an act of God. It's not something that should be coming out of the life of a, of a Christian that's filled with the Spirit. You going around fussing, fighting with people all the time, always finding fault with folks and this, that, and the other. Well, this one did this and this one did that and this one hurt my feelings and this one made me mad and, and this one just shouldn't have done that. And, but, hey, listen, you call me to love you and I'm here to love you and I'm here to lead you and we're going to have fun and we're going to preach sermons but I'm going to preach the truth and you need to hear that some of you need to get past all the drama leave the drama for your mama and go ahead and become the man or woman of God that he's called you to be. I'm not a witch, so I'm good. Well, listen, right here, it puts dissension right there with witchcraft and the rest of the mess. And I'm smart enough to know, and I've been in churches long enough to know, and I was in this church for four and a half years, and I've been in other churches, that that stuff happens. But listen, it's not going to have rain here in this church. Because we're going to love God and love each other and be filled with His Spirit and make a difference. And maybe when somebody comes in and sits in our church, they'll find out that it's different than some of the other places they've been. Boy, I didn't plan to preach that one. Hatred, discord, fits of rage, jealous ambition, dissensions, factions, envy, drunkenness, orgies and the like. I warned you as I did before that those that live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit, notice it's the fruit of the Spirit, not the fruit of Jamie, not the fruit of Stephen, not not, not the fruit of Rick or or James or Charles. It's the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. When we're full of His Spirit, that's the stuff that comes out. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified. Oh, listen to this. They've crucified the sinful nature with its passions and desires. Those who belong to Jesus Christ have gotten rid of, they've crucified the sinful nature that, that with its passions and desires. Remember what we read up here: that they're in conflict with each other, so they do not do what they want to do. I've always kind of explained it like this. When Jesus comes into our heart to live in our heart, He's got to share our heart with a roommate. Anybody here ever had a roommate? All right. Your spouse don't count. I don't want y'all to cause any marital issues, this, that, or the other. When I went to Trevecca, I had two roommates. The first roommate I had was a PA student that had to study all the time. He was neat as a pen. When you looked in his sock drawer, all his socks were color-coordinated. Co- they had the blue socks here, the black socks here, the white, I mean, it, it was crazy. I think he had some OCD issues he needed to talk to somebody about, but hey, that's just the way he was i wasn't quite that way you know if i took off my shoes and socks at the end of the night i just kind of left them laying right where they were if i was getting ready for school and i had to be in class in about 10 minutes guess what there's a pile of clothes over here i would get to them eventually probably just before open dorms when kelly would be coming over to visit or until the ra come by and said hey you need to clean your room a little bit uh, it, or you're going to get fined. I didn't want to pay money, so I cleaned my room a little bit. But I drove my roommate crazy, Bo. You know, I'd get a Domino's pizza for five dollars, and I'd eat part of it. And I well, I'd probably eat most of it. But but then I'd leave the box laying there with a the little p- edges of pizza crust. And everybody's like, Oh, that's just driving you crazy to even think about that. And that was the way I was with my roommate. And so I realized after that first year that I didn't want that anymore as a roommate. And I was a big buddy with all the athletes on campus. And uh, they all played baseball. And let's just say they're a little rough around the edges. And uh, But one of my best friends was a guy that had about a 98-mile fastball. He was in my wedding. His name was Brandon Viner. And Brandon came to my room. And I went from being the roommate that was driving my other roommate crazy to on this side, he was the one who was driving me crazy. My my level of tidiness was so much better than what his was. I mean, you ain't supposed to have tobacco products on campus, but there happened to be dip bottles everywhere, and sometimes he'd close the lid and sometimes he wouldn't. And so there it was, right in the middle of my floor. You know, smelled great, minty fresh. You, to you know, and I man, come on, you can do better than that. So I've been the good roommate and I've been the bad roommate. Seth's experiencing, this, uh, experiencing that right now. He's, he's, he's on his second roommate and the first roommate in the in house he lived in was all the time fussing because he left a dish in the, in the sink. This, this next roommate, the roommate that he has now is all the time eating all his food. You know, it's kind of, kind of that thing. But when God comes in and lives in our heart, he's got to share that heart with a roommate. That's sinful nature. Now, you got all of him when you get saved. He comes in and lives in your life. But the fact of the matter is, he doesn't have all of you. Because that sinful nature is still in there. And they're in conflict with one another. That's why Paul, I think I'm right, yeah. That's why Paul said, the things that I want to do, I don't do them. And the things that I don't want to do, it's those things that I end up doing. Because it's a struggle, right? It's hard for him to possess us and fill us completely when we've got junk that we need to get rid of. And here in the language of Galatians it says put to death that old man. Cardinality. Get rid of that. So what we've got to ask ourselves is there's stuff in our heart that we need to let God do a word and get rid of so that we can be filled completely by his spirit. So folks... Today, I want to challenge you. I want to challenge me. I want to challenge us. Let's live life like men and women possessed By God. By His Holy Spirit. And we'll set this place on His head for Jesus. I mean, I've been praying this week, probably praying more than I have. That's an indictment on me, right? I should have been praying more all along. Stephen, I love to hear stories about Brother Bale. You know, he'd pray with people everywhere, right? Strangers, people he didn't even know. I was here praying. You know, I told you I was walking around praying or whatever the other morning. Well, I had to take the U-Haul back. When I took the U-Haul back, the guy that took the U-Haul back down here, I forget their names. Two brothers. I think they're brothers. Keith. That's it? Thanks, dude. You helped me with my sermon. It was Keith. And he goes to church somewhere, this, that, or the other. I got to talk to him about Jesus. And I was in this position right here. Stand up, Ronnie. I was just like this, praying over that man and his family. Now, did I have plans of going and doing that? Absolutely not. I went down to get gas. I got a gift card for gas at Timmy Mars. Thank you, Miss Shirley. that come in very handy. And I, I got my, my tank filled up with gas. Timmy Moore he he's a good Baptist. There are such things as good Baptists. I love Timmy Moore. I got out of my car. Kind of nice you don't have to when you go there. You know, feel like you're back in Mayberry, you know, at the full service. When I got done, Stephen stand up. It something like this. And I was praying over Timmy Moore and his family and his church and his pastor. I was praying that God would use him, that every time somebody come by to get their tank filled with gas, that the way that he smiles at them and the way that he is kind to them would represent Jesus Christ well. Did I plan on going and praying with Timmy Moore? No! Can I tell you, when we get filled with the Holy Spirit of God, that's why Brother Bell did what he did. It wasn't Brother Bell's decision. It was God working in him. And Stephen, if God can work in Brother Bell, guess what? He can work in his grandson and his great grandson. He can work in a preacher. He can work in you and in me if we just allow God to do what he wants to do in us. James, we're going to play these young guys in some basketball. I don't know if the three-pointers will fall like they used to or not. You get to guard Ben Shootman. I, I, I don't know. That's the i I'm going to pick somebody else. But listen, we may not shoot ball like men possessed anymore. I don't know. But let's live our life like men possessed. Possessed by the Holy Spirit of God. Men shoot, I mean, I, I've heard you can shoot like a man possessed every once in a while. They're bragging on you. I, I'm waiting to see for myself. But, dude, you live your life like a man possessed by God. and You'll make a difference in this world. And not just this world, but eternity. Because there's bigger things than basketball and good grades and all that stuff. God... It's got a plan for you and for you and for you and for you and for all of us, no matter if you're a teenager or you're the oldest person here. And I'm not going to guess. I have a few suspicions, but may he help us. Guys, some of you have been trying to get something, right? Maybe go down to church and get something. Go to revival, get something. Go to camp, get something. It ain't about getting nothing. It's about him getting you. And living a life as a man or woman possessed.